Good morning, good afternoon, good night, wherever you are watching this video cast or listening to this podcast. This is England is Burning for Monday, April the 5th, 2021, the day after for many folks, the day after Easter for all and so forth. I hope everyone had a great weekend and great, and great Easter for those who celebrate that holiday coming up. We have Mark back with us. This is your Manchester United weekly feature. Every Monday we've been coming out with this and Mark is back from the Barmy Army to talk about Manchester United and what happened in the last week. The last time Mark, we, you and I spoke, we were preparing ourselves. We, you were preparing for this Brighton match. I don't think this match turned out exactly as you had planned, but I think you kind of called it uh, last Monday about, you know, you said, if I'm correct, Mark, and again, welcome. Welcome Thank back. You. Thanks for having me. Uh, and I really appreciate your, your time. And But I think you called it last Monday. You said Brighton was the team uh, you worried about the most, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was the game that, as I said last week, it was the game that most of the people that I, we speak, I speak to on a regular basis from the BA, mm-hmm. um, this was the game that most of them were dreading because you don't know what you were going to get with Brighton. That you know they're either going to be awful and lose five nil like they did to Everton, or beat teams one nil, and it, you just don't know what you were going to get. And yeah, it didn't work out the way I expected it. I hoped we'd win, um, but um, we lost. And I, I, as long as I've been on on this with you, Keith, I've, I've never hidden or made excuses for the team but yesterday was a very poor game of football not just from a United point of view but for me from also from a Brighton point of view the game was slow it was it wasn't there was no at any point during that game I don't think we we injected any pace into that game it was very much to me like probably the Reading game where Mm -hmm. they dictated the game plan and we couldn't our game plan um, so yeah, it, it was disappointing, but as I said, it was kind of what most people expected for, who I've spoken to. This was, this was the game that you went, mm, this is the banana skin game. And, and that's what it seemed to be like. Um, you know, that's, you know, I, I was fairly, I thought, you know, uh, you know, everyone else was telling me, well, you know, you know, that uh, Brighton was going to, well, I think we all knew that it was going to be tough either way, you know, but I still felt fairly confident that United was going to win. I think probably you felt, but it was not, we knew it wasn't going to be easy, particularly after Brighton losing 5-0 to Everton. They probably were going to have a response and, and, you know, and there's the idea. I always uh, look at possible spoiler situations, banana peel situations, and this was actually indeed one of them. Um, But I really thought after everything that had gone on, that there would be a different response from this United squad. How surprised were you with their response to this match? As I said last week, Brighton at, LA, Brighton at Lee is a different mm-hmm. thing. We beat them quite comfortably. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Away from home, when we play them down in Crawley, we've won one game out of three. And what that game was an FA Cup game. We drew the other game and, and then we we lost yesterday. But I also said last week the pitch would play a bit of a part in it. And there was parts of that pitch that were sandy and 
bubbly. And, and I know that sounds like an excuse. I said, I'm not going to make excuses. But the, Brighton know how to play on that pitch. United clearly don't. Um, Brighton, that team that you, you don't know what you're going to get. I've, I've, you know, they're either going to be awful and lose 5 nil, or they're going to be brilliant and win 1 2 3 nil. You, you you just don't know what you're going to get with the it's it's kind of frustration because with some teams you know what you're going to get with Brighton it, it can either be brilliant or they can be poor. Yeah, and um, there there are a lot of I think there are a lot of factors that went into how this result played out, and yeah. um, the first part of it was the the first situation that that came up was the actual United starting lineup yeah. um, because. I was, you know, I think everybody was expecting Christian, Christian Press to be in the lineup for yesterday's match. And it turned out uh, at the end that she was not due to uh, a, a knock injury concern and so forth. Did you have, did you know any more detail than that? Going no, in? The only thing that we heard was what was released by the club on, on Sunday that she has a slight knock. And it's, it's one of those situations where as a manager, you have to, you have to consider the player. Do you mm-hmm. risk the player making the injury worse if it's a slight injury? I mean, by all intents and purposes, from what I've read, it is only a slight injury because Kristen is still meeting up with the US national team. So mm-hmm. um, I, I think Casey doesn't want to aggravate the injury, now, uh, which is good management because the team we started with yesterday, we should have been able to beat Brighton, but obviously the, the the likes of Kristen not starting because I expected her to start completely. She was in my starting eleven. It did come as a shock because we are picking up injuries and we are injury ravaged right now. We have, we've got more players out. We can really field. Um, so yeah, Kristen not starting, but again, Casey as a, as a manager, she has to look after the player as well as the good of the club. And sometimes you have to become that human being first and look after the person rather than look ahead and, and, and play and a player through an injury and, and make, make it worse and then be out for longer than, 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 than a shorter time period. So I, I was really surprised with the lineup and, you know, um, of course, I've been saying that that Maria. I wanted to see Maria start, um, yeah. and she did. Yeah. Um, you know, at, in that right you know, right back position. But then I was not expect expecting a pairing of Martha Harris and Millie Turner in at the center back position. And then we had uh, Ona back in the you know her t- typical left back slot. Yeah. And then up up front closer it was uh jackie gronin and uh, katie zellum that was pretty much to be expected and then ella toon lauren james and christy hansen and then with Kristen press not being there we had jessica sigsworth uh up front in the center forward so i agree with you uh this was a lineup that even with the injuries in place i was i felt like okay well we got you got Jackie Gronin in there. You got Lauren James in there. You, we've seen Jessica do, you know, fairly well. Um, this is a, this squad should be good enough, you know, to, you know, make a game of it and to get a W maybe one nil, but this is a good enough squad. What were, what were you thinking when you saw the lineup in the end? 
Uh, well, when we heard about the, the Christian injury, and then you see Katie's element, and, and, and then you see Hayley Ladd not even on the bench, you then go back to the past few weeks where she, Hayley Ladd's not been starting, and it kind of, you know, you kind of then say, well, she has had an injury, and, and it's got slightly mm-hmm. worse. We have had to play her. Um, but the one thing, again, like you said, that we all wanted to see Maria play in her preferred position of centre-back, and we got that yesterday. I think the kind of surprise came that Martha started. I think there was there was a few eyebrows raised at, at that. Um, to me, she's a she's a she's got WSL experience as a, as a, as a right back, but during mm-hmm. the game, she was swapping from right to left and, and with honour, and it just seemed like. I, I just didn't understand the, the, the role Martha was playing as for the rest of the team um, going forward. You know, Katie, Jackie, Tooney, Kirsty, Jess, LJ. Yeah, that was as good as we could probably field at that time. I think the I think the other kind of surprise that who wasn't in the team was Lucy Staniforth because she's played well over the last few games. So it was a bit of a surprise that she wasn't in the team, but. It was when you saw that you know that Hayley Lad was injured and uh, Kristen was was in uh, was also injured. You kind of understood Lucy then not starting, but the rest of the team, I, you know, I had questions, a few questions about the Martha at right back, but I kind of understood it. And then I was happy to see Maria play in her preferred position. But going forward over that, I, I was happy with that starting eleven. And so. Th- the the match didn't start out the way I imagined it would in, yeah. in the sense of from a, a tactical standpoint, because uh, it seemed that, you know, Brighton kind of took a page from previous United opponents from the last couple of weeks mm-hmm. where initially, uh, you know, just like in the, the match at Old Trafford, initially, you know, kind of pressing United up front early kind of pinning them back early. And then, you know, and then once United was able to get it into the middle third or, or get closer to the first, and maybe in the in this was happening in the first 10, 15 minutes, then, you know, then Brighton went to their typical, well, we're going to frustrate you by, you know, not allowing you to pass it forward. We're not, we're going to get into the gaps. We're going to cut off your passing lanes. We're going to cut off, you know, whatever entry point you have. Um, and I noticed that, you know, again, a lot of the offense went through Lauren James to the left yeah. um, going forward. That was sort of the strategy. I think everyone kind of was expecting that. And, and really they just sort of said, I could see how Brighton's defense was sort of geared towards her, like, okay, cut off, cut off her advance, then cut off her passing angles. And so it became just a grind at that point uh, initially. Um, you know, and, and I saw Brighton on that front foot for the first, like I said, 15 or so minutes, and then they kind of backed off a little bit, um, you know, moving forward. What was your impression of the, the first 10 to 15 minutes and how the game started? The game started slowly. Mm-hmm. It was, it wasn't, there was no, I, 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 I'm honestly struggling to find at point at any time there was any pace injected into that game. Brighton, dictated the speed of that game it frustrated it frustrated me watching it it frustrated probably Casey watching it and 
Um, Brighton, uh, I said this, you know, last week, Hope Powell, who is one of the most highly regarded managers in the women's game, she got her tactics spot on. Mm -hmm. Uh, And again, you know, you look at the way Brighton, you you know, Brighton played with almost 11 players behind the ball. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, you, you have to be, you have to break them down methodically. You can't just expect to, to run through it. LJ on the pitch is probably the most dynamic player. Um, she's the one who a lot of the fans expect uh, everything from. But what you've got to remember about LJ is that she spent most of this season injured. She picked up another injury in the game yesterday. But more than that, she's also still a kid. She's, you know... She's young and she's learning a game. And I think the weight of expectation that, that probably fans put on her is, is probably too, is probably a lot for her to, it's probably a lot. So you, I, you can't expect LJ to do it all by herself. But when you're playing in that position and you, you do have the, 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 the opposition players going towards you, it should free up the other players on the pitch. But yesterday it, it just, it didn't seem to happen. Right. Yeah, and, and that was the frustrating part. And that's how, you know, defenses like Brighton, uh, you know, can basically were keying on her and basically trying to cut, like I said, just cut off her being able to advance the ball, but also cut off the ability to get to an open player. Because you're right. Yes, there's, you know, if you press, you know, wherever you press on the pitch, you're, there's going to be an open player somewhere but then the goal is is that you make that player some that open player so far out of reach that it becomes nearly impossible to get a pass to them and then so then you're you're left struggling trying to make a difficult pass or you or you know you end up going backwards you end up either passing side to side or you go backwards and that was brighton's strategy all along was like it's like we know they're fast we know they want to push the ball forward so we're going to you know basically frustrate them slow the game down grind it out make them go backwards or at least stop and that's what they did that was the strategy and then take advantage of any sort of misplayed ball or we can get an interception we can counter and so forth um i give so much credit because i kept thinking when i was watching the match i kept hearing your voice in my head and no i'm not crazy i kept hearing your voice saying hope powell is a really good manager and and and, and, and she's you know and the respect that she has and so forth and i was like this is her strategy all along. And you could hear her on the sidelines, you know, instructing her players, okay, press, okay, back off, okay, press here. And I mean, it was just constantly, and you would just hear her just going, you know, just making those adjustments quickly and, and so forth. And I was like, they're playing this game exactly they want, the way they want to play it. Um, so let's that leads us up to the foul by Maria in the box, or at least it was called on her. What did you think of that call? It's one of those, from a, a, it's one of those, you've seen them giving and you've seen them not giving. Um, mm-hmm. But it's a handball. You can't deny it. it she touched mm-hmm. it. It's a handball. It was the right thing. Uh, when you are defending a corner, it's, mm-hmm. f- for me, it's very difficult 
if you're a, a, a defender or a forward or you can't jump without raising your arms. You have to use your arms to for elevation. Mm-hmm. So I, I just thought it was a bit of an experience. She's not played much this season, um, but it was a handball. It was the right call by the referee. And you can't really say it wasn't a penalty. It what it wasn't. Hey, she got a yellow card for it, and we, that was it. And I, I have to say that was an excellent penalty take. Oh, I mean, it, was a- it was excellent. Kagman, you know, drilled it, you know, yeah. powerful penalty. Um, very confident, obviously, yeah. uh, getting that pen- that penalty, and, and it was 1-0, and that was the chance that they needed, um, you know, and they got it. So uh, then from that point on, I did see a little bit more energy, a little bit more spark out of United after after that goal. What do you think? Yeah, sometimes, and I've said this about the the men's side for for the past twelve months, maybe more. That they need we need to lose, we need to go behind for us to start playing, right? Um, And and yesterday, I I thought losing that goal that would have been it. We would have ramped up the the pressure, and you know, Keith, you're the stats guy. You look at all the stats. For me, from watching it. United had more possession. We had more, uh, more possession. We had more passes. We had more shots on goal. But it goes back to the same point we've been saying on, on the here for the last four, five, six weeks. If you get a chance to take a shot, take it. Don't try and make that perfect goal opportunity. Um, but again, I go back to the point that once Brighton scored, eleven players behind the ball. Break us down if you can, and and you know you you just said it, and I I have to agree. They got their tactics absolutely spot on, and when we did try and inject any pace into the game, you, you got eleven players to break down the front of, and they, they were moving as what I like. What I liked about Brighton is is that when they defend, they defend as one unit. They all know each other's role, and if mm-hmm. if they if they shuffle to the right, they all move to the right. If they go to the left, they all go to the left, and they defended it really well. And you've got to give them credit for the way they defended after they went ahead, because honestly, I can't really remember them putting us under any pressure after they scored. It was like, right, we scored. Let's let's lock up shop. That's it. We've got a one-goal lead. Now they need to break us down, but we'll defend as a unit and let's see if they can do it. And, you know, Hope Powell, and you said it, and I, I've got to say, she got her tactics spot on yesterday and Brighton defended from the back to the front as one whole unit. And it, it was frustrating to watch, but if, if any neutral was watching, you would go, wow, that's that you've got your tactics spot on there. Yeah, and, and that's... You know, I think the comments in, in my head that I had was, you know, with the personnel that Brighton has, this is the probably the only strategy that would work. They use the yeah. same typical strategy. They, they use the same strategy against Chelsea. Yeah. It's the same strategy. You know, yeah. it, it's, you know, be a collective unit defensively and bog everything down. And, and I'm not saying that pejoratively. I mean, that is, it was a defensive tactic when you're in a unit and you, you selectively press players, you selectively, but, but as you said, moving from right to left to center 
as needed collectively and not being out of position. And because the whole idea of United's style of play, Chelsea's style of play, Manchester City's style of play is we will possess the ball 70% of the time and we will move you either through long passes or through uh, one-touch passes, we will then move your defenders out of position. Someone will make a mistake as, as far as their positioning. They will try to make an interception when it's not necessary, and that will free up somebody. And that didn't happen. And so, as I, so when I say it got bogged down, that's how it happened because there wasn't any of that. And you're absolutely right in terms of the stats. I don't have all the advanced stats. Um, you know, at this point, it's too soon. But again, I mean, United had, you know, 16 goal attempts, but um, was it 8, 16 or 18? 16. Uh, but two shots on goal. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, so yeah, they took a bunch of shots, but they were all over the place, you know, and, yeah. and only two on target, uh, you know, and that, that had been, a, you know, completely frustrating uh, as well. Um, had 484 total passes. They had 66% possession as expected. Um, had 95 advanced attacks to, to 66. Uh, had 37 what were considered to be dangerous attacks on, on Brighton uh, to their 19. So, yeah, that's exactly how the game play, played itself yeah. out. But the interesting element to this is that United had uh, committed 10 fouls. Um yeah to Brighton's four. It's just a matter of just frustration. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to get your thought on, you know, I, you mentioned, we mentioned Lauren LJ earlier um, and she's had injuries. She just has recently come back from injury. Uh, and, uh, and then she came off again with an injury. Yeah. Uh, what was it like watching that, you know, having her needing to come off in the 36, 30, I think 36, 38 uh-huh. minutes. It, it, it's it's frustration, but mm-hmm. as a footballing fan, when you get an injury during a game, you kind of accept it because you're playing the mm-hmm. game. You kind of right. accept it. it's a contact sport, football. Um, whether she was carrying this injury before the game, I don't know is, is the honest answer. Um, mm-hmm. But you accept some injuries. You can do it. It's just, it seems from, from a United point of view that we have, as I said before, more injuries than, than, than players available. Um, hopefully it's not nothing too serious. Obviously we're now in an international break. So mm-hmm. hopefully we can get some players back, hopefully fit for the, for, for the, for the FA cup game that, that scheduled for, for us next. And then, Hopefully, get more back by Tottenham. Uh, but yeah, it was it's a sign of frustration. But LJ is one of those players who doesn't do it, who goes in and plays a game, and she accept. You know, you've got to accept it that that tackles will happen, and and it's just one of those things. And so she's replaced in the thirty eighth minute by Lucy Staniforth, um, yeah. and um, it seemed like that was the you know the, how I saw it was. United was picking up a little bit of energy, a little bit of motiv- uh, not motivation necessarily, but but a little bit of momentum, you know, going forward. And then that injury happened. The play stops for several minutes, and then the the uh, change happens. And I think at that point, it really kind of, for lack of a better term, it died down. That momentum kind of started kind of going downhill at that point. 
Um, and so going into halftime, 1-0. Um, and then to start the second half, you know, United again started with a pretty good spark in the second half going forward. They kept the, you know, they kept the attack up. They, uh, there, I think there was like a really nice quick one, two that happened that uh, there was a chance opportunity very early in the second half that yeah. didn't turn, you know, that did not, uh, that came was probably the best opportunity they'd had all game. Um, and, and that did not, uh, get, uh, converted. Um, what did you think of, um, and then I, and then again, it, the momentum kind of died down because, you know, Brighton just kind of solidified their defense again, got more organized, uh, kind of got, you know, got warmed up a little bit, mm-hmm. I guess, you know, when they were pressed and, and they got, went back into business. I was a little bit curious that Ella Toon was taken out for Jane Ross, you know, with at the 68 minute mark. What, what do y'all think of that, that substitution? Um, I think, I th- I think there was yesterday there was a modicum of um, exhaustion in the sense of we put in the second half we started like a we started brilliantly we did we put them under pressure. You mentioned the the, the, the chance for the Jets that she had, which she should have scored. It was directly at the keeper. She should have scored it mm-hmm. yesterday. I don't know. This I'm I'm not the stat guy, but watching that game for me, our team gave the ball away more times than than we kept possession. So objectively, mm-hmm. you you know she, if she's giving the ball away, you 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 take her off and bring mm-hmm. bring on Jane Ross as a, as a striker. It kind of I thought we were kind of ch- going to change the way we were going to play the game. Um, but it didn't work. We didn't. I, I thought we were going to start hoofing balls up to for Jane and Jess to control and bring other players in. It, it, it didn't work out that way. The team institution, I think. When we, I'm going to uh, let's be honest here. If you watched that game yesterday, you would have struggled to pick players who you thought they played really well. I think most players had an off day, which you can accept. You, you know, we've said this before. Players are allowed to have off days. They're human beings. You know, you can't expect them to perform every single game at peak performance. Mm-hmm. Players are going to have a bad game. Mm-hmm. It just so happened like yesterday. It was most of the team had an off day. Um, but Tooney, I think I'm not going to single out Tooney because she's been brilliant for parts of the season. And, and yesterday, I think... You look at a team performance. Yeah, people were going to probably say she was she wasn't great, but she wasn't. In, in my opinion, she wasn't the only one. There was most of the team, and Casey said it. It wasn't what she expected as a, a performance from the team, and I, I have to agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I agree with you, Mark. I, I don't. There was no standout positive performance. Um, you know, by, you know, by anyone that I would say, oh yeah, that was, you know, that's the player of the match for, for United in this match um, and so forth. And, and, you know, it, and this, ha- this happens multiple times during a season to every team where not just your, your, you know, your star players, you're going to, you, you're going to have, you know, off, off days, off nights. Uh, but then you're going to have moments like this, where at the, at the most inopportune moment, the whole team goes out and flats, you know, just, they run into a, a mental, physical buzzsaw situation and everyone, you know, has a fairly flat, 
kind of performance. And, and it was interesting, um, you know, the comments by, uh, by Casey. And I, I also saw one, a couple of the other players being interviewed after the match. And of course it's immediately after the match. So emotions are pretty raw, but, but everyone basically said, we didn't, we knew what we were walking into. We knew what Brighton was going to do, which is true. Everyone should know what Brighton is going to do. Um, and we knew it, we had, we trained on it, but then when we came here, we didn't execute. Mm -hmm. Casey, of course, being the manager, she is, you know, takes responsibility for, I'm the manager of the, uh, of this, this team, uh, the, you know, and it falls on me to, to, uh, as far as the results is basically what she said. I don't have it word for word, you know, which is what you expect her to say. You expect her to take that responsibility and, and be, put it on herself. Uh, and you can tell, I mean, you can tell the players and uh, were crestfallen, you know, um, you know, with the result because, you know, they, they came in, they knew the plan, they, they had a plan and just didn't come off. All credit though, I have to give all credit to Brighton though. Brighton was organized, they were resolute, and as we've said several times here, they they executed their plan almost to perfection. Yeah. Almost to perfection. There's no perfect match, but they came pretty darn close. And, yeah. um, you know, so it, 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 as much as fans may want to bash, like, well, you know, you just we just didn't play well and we played miserably. Some fans have said that. And I'm like, wait a minute, you got to give credit to Brighton. Brighton played very, very well. Um, and, you know, and, and these matches happen. Unfortunately, it happens near, near this part of the season when you're in a, when you're in a race for qualifications for champions league, uh, knowing it, you know, Arsenal easily, you knew Arsenal was going to, you know, beat Bristol, um, yeah. you know, needed a hold serve and it didn't happen. Uh, so it was pretty disappointing, but on a kind of a slightly humorous note, or maybe not, there was a geese invasion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In fact, um, in fact, one of the geese was actually on the Barmy Army Twitter account. We do a player of the match after the game. Yeah. And on our Twitter account, we had Jackie. Look, Jackie Gronin played well yesterday. She 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 was the only one I thought, in my opinion, she was the only one I thought who had a little bit of fight about her. Mm-hmm. Lucy Stan when she came on. LJ again. She showed a little bit of something, but mm-hmm. it was for me, for me. It was a a bad day at the office. But when we were struck, you know, when we do our watch alongs, we ask the mem- the people in the watch along to try and nominate four players so we can do a Twitter poll. And we came up with Jackie and Lucy because mm-hmm. they they deserved it. And then we put the geese in because we couldn't think mm-hmm. of anyone else. So we had both geese in as players of the match and. One of the geese actually won the the player player of the match. Yeah, that's cheeky. Uh, <laughs> that happened, but yeah, maybe so. Maybe they needed that, and maybe maybe uh, that was uh, the other tactic that Brighton was going to use is just throw some geese onto the pitch and you maybe. know just interrupt interrupt play, and so that yeah they become uh, you know you know players in the match too, uh, and so forth. Unfortunately, like I said, I wish I had the advanced numbers in front of me in terms of you know really look breaking down you know individual performances, but. You know, as a team performance, you know, um, when you only have two shots on goal and 16 shots, that pretty much tells the story right there. 66% yeah. possession, 16 shots, two on target. And one yeah. was the one that 
we just mentioned that really should have, you know, should yeah. have scored. Yeah. Um, you know, you talk about the, the players' comments after the game. I think it was Lucy Staniforth. I think she said it. She said, we're just trying to, we should just, we just take shots. I think we need to do that. And, you know, when a player is saying what kind of you and I have been saying for the past few weeks and what other people are saying, you kind of have to go, okay, they, at least they, they understand mm-hmm. yep. the, the situation. But United are in a, a bad run, they're in a run of bad form. It happens to most footballing clubs, you know, well, I think I think this, I think we've lost five out of the last six. I think it's something like that. But in the early in the season, we would have won five out of the last six. It, you know, right. foot, football clubs ultimately they they will either be the, no team can play perfectly the whole season. Chelsea and the WSL come come pretty close, come but close. You know, mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know, City have lost games this season. Arsenal have lost games. Mm-hmm. We've, you know, we've started the season like a house on fire. You know, we, we started with that draw against Chelsea and that gave us the momentum to go up. But as we've said on here, we had most of our second half games in, in the second half of the season, they're all away from home. So we've lost that kind of advantage of playing at LSV, playing on a really good pitch week in, week out. And then you're going down to the likes of Crawley where the pitch is bobbly and sandy and you kind of lose that and you you know you you've got to play what's in front of you you've got to play Mm -hmm. the the schedule the way it is and the beginning of the season it worked to United's advantage we Mm -hmm. wrapped up points and we were where we were for a specific reason but then comes the Christmas break and all momentum you get you lose it literally you know you start off the first game against Chelsea that was postponed so then you have an extra week off and then you play Everton you beat Everton but then you fit in two games back to back and then you're on a three or four week international so the, the the way the scheduling goes sometimes I don't like personally but you have to play what's in front of you you have to play the fixture list and as I said before the first half of the season most of our game were LSV the second half mm-hmm. roll away mm-hmm. so so now here's here's the hard question yeah. so three games in the wsl remaining i think there's a there's a fa cup match coming up in a couple of weeks we have the international yeah. break so yeah. we've got but basically got three weeks to the next wsl match to close the season out home at Tot- home versus tottenham away yeah. at bristol and yeah. home against everton Here's in the 90,000 pound question, the $1 million question and so forth. Is the qualification race done? Is it over uh, at this point? For, for me personally, I would say, yeah. I, mm-hmm. But I would expect us to pick up nine points from the next three games. Tottenham mm-hmm. at home, I think we should beat them. Um Bristol, they're in a relegation battle, but that game could be they could be relegated by the time we play them, so they might have nothing to play for. Everton is 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 the one game, and, and you've mentioned this for the last couple of weeks. Everton is the one team that's involved because they're still going to play Arsenal, and they still have to play us. For me personally, yeah, I think we're done for Champions League. I think we've given it a, a really good go, and I would love it if Everton, uh, sorry, Arsenal slipped up. 
but the the vein of form they are in, I just can't see it. And they have to play teams similar to us. So yep. for me, yeah, it it's it's done. It's a shame. I would love us to qualify for the Champions League, but you know we spoke about this last week. We closed the gap to third. And that was that's that's a progressional thing. That's progression for me. So, yeah, third I think is done because the goal difference also. Even if somehow we manage to, to the goal difference between us and Arsenal is is huge. So I think for me it's done. But you can see a progression there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, and I think you know, closing the gap to three points or, or being even on points and it just be a goal differential thing is a substantial progression. But Mark, what is the, given there was a lot of optimism at the start because, I mean, United didn't lose a match until Chelsea in January from the start yeah. of the season. And yeah. it's this is a run of form. And you said that United's lost five out of six. It's actually four out of six uh, because there's a uh, Aston Villa win uh, in there along with West Ham. But long story short, though, it's a poor run of form. I mean, in, in all in each of those matches, they didn't score a goal. Um, but again, what is what do you think? Given the because I know how United fans are, and they're like a lot of football fans out there. Where you know when things are going really, really well, optimism is is through the roof. But then when it falls apart, and and I'm not so close to saying it's falling apart, but kind of looks that way. What's the pulse of the fans now? At this point, we're losing four out of the last six. Um you know, in, in a really poor run of form, what, what's the pulse of, of the Barmy Army or the fans in general? I, I, I think that there'll be people out there in, in social media world who will make excuses. Oh, we're injured. You know, we've got mm-hmm. Tobin out, Leah's out, Alessi Russo's out. We've got all these injuries. These players would have made a difference. And, you know, they the probably would. But that's an excuse. You know, you can't use that as an excuse. F- for me... I've been on. I've always tried to be honest on on with you. I've always said what I feel is is my truth. Mm-hmm. We are where we are for a reason. We're not, you know this is you know this is our first full season in the WSL. The players have not played this far into a WSL season before. So in our first full season, are we going to finish level on points with third, but on goal different? That's great. I you know I think that's great. I, but I, there is fans out there who, when we were top of the league, when Chelsea had two games in hand on us, they expected us to go on and, and win the league. But then, not only that, the following season, win the Champions League. I mean, there's, there's, there's some people out there who think that because we were top of the league, we should go on and win the Champions League and then dominate women's football for the next 35 years or so. But it, it's not realistic to do that. This squad is still young and learning how to play the WSL. I mean, we you have, people have to kind of remember that. We are where we are for a reason. And you, you kind of accept that. And I accept where we are for a reason. Wouldn't I love us to finish third? Hell yeah, of course I would. No United fan wouldn't. But Arsenal have been where they are for a reason. Uh, Arsenal where they are for a reason. City are where they are for a reason. Chelsea, I don't think there's anyone out there who would say Chelsea haven't got the best women's squad in the in, in my opinion I think Chelsea have got the best squad in the world the women's team mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. the way they dispatched Brist uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. We're not there yet. We will get mm-hmm. there. But it, it's taken Chelsea nine years to get that squad of players together. Mm-hmm. And I've right. said it before, we're in our third year. Third mm-hmm. year. And we're not there yet, but we've got some very good players who would need to learn the, the, the league. And it's very mm-hmm. difficult because, you know, with COVID last year, the season was finished. Mm-hmm. Who knows right. we would have finished fourth or fifth, we don't right. know. Mm-hmm. But this season, because we had that great run at the beginning of the, of the season, up until Christmas, and then it, it all kind of goes after Christmas, People like I said, people expect us to go on and win the league and do these remarkable things. Me personally, yeah, I, I would like third. But if we get fourth and we've made a progression, I'm still happy. Mm-hmm. And and I think probably I would say most fans would probably fall into that camp. Um, yeah. you know, of course, you know, being disappointed at the losses and so forth. That the the phrase that comes to mind about where I think United is at right now at this point, given you know, and I think it's a, again an important thing to remember. And I think, and I'm glad you mentioned Chelsea because you know I was on with Rob with uh, CFCW Social yesterday. And, you know, we talked about Emma Hayes and Emma Hayes has been manager of that, that squad for nine years, mm-hmm. um, you know, and since 2012. And, and, and she, you know, after the, the Wolfsburg Champions League match, um, you know, that was a major hurdle. And she talked about, you know, the, I've been waiting nine years for this moment. And then to bring it on home with United, it's like, wait a minute, this is year three. <laughs> You know, this is your thing. Let's put this in perspective. Um, and the perspective is, is, you know, growing pains is the phrase I have in my mind. This is growing pains. This is growing pains as a, as a, as a squad, uh, both, in, you know, physically and mentally and otherwise. This is growing pains. This is every club, most every club goes through this. Um, every WSL team outside of Chelsea and Chelsea's feeling it a little bit too, Um you know, has gone through injuries and ups and downs and peaks and valleys and so forth. And when you're in the essentially the first full season in the WSL, there's a lot of growing pains mentally, uh, you know, growing pains for, for Casey as a manager, um, you know, you know, OK, how does she handle this? You know, this is the first time she's had to deal with as a manager of the squad, you deal with a poor run of form for a significant amount of time. You know, um, you know, and so it's all learning opportunities. It's all growing pains and learning opportunities uh, for the organization, for the team, for the manager, uh, everybody involved. And so, um, you know, so the story is yet to be written in terms mm-hmm. of, of, you know, does, you know, does Will United again pull out and then say, OK, we're going to end the season strong. We'll win the win an FA Cup match. We'll we'll take nine out of nine, you know, to close the season on a high note or will it will be a continued spiral. The story hasn't been written yet um, and so forth. But it'll be very, very interesting to see uh, going forward. And, and hopefully there will be no geese being player of the match uh, in any other matches for the rest of the season. We, we would probably you know, that's a one-time, one-off uh, for that to happen. So, Mark, thank you so much. I, I, I always the reason why I appreciate you so very much is that you bring in a very objective perspective that's honest and real. Uh, it's not 
you know, so far down, you can't get up and not so far high that, you know, you got to, you know, get you off the roof with a spatula, uh, you know, and so it's, it's right down the middle, you know, and it's very objective and honest. And I really appreciate it. Mark, thank you again for being yeah. on and look forward to talking to you about the FA cup, uh, match coming up once, once United knows who they're going to play, because I don't think that's been decided. Uh, no, so next, well, no, next Sunday. So right. Mm-hmm. Next week. We'll know. So that'll be interesting. And that's a, you know, that's another cup competition to be involved in. So that's another opportunity. Um, So, all right. So thank you again. And in closing y'all, you know, we, we've become addicted to TikTok here. Um, So we're going to throw out another TikTok video and I have no idea what I'm doing. Uh, We have a puppy who is an editor. He doesn't know what he's doing either. So, Hey, we're going to keep going, keep going and and, uh, try to use this technology the best of our ability. Later on today, y'all, we're going to have Emma on from the, from the Man City Women fan cast. She's going to talk about their uh, city's performance against Barcelona over the week, which ended up to be a win uh, for that match, but not being able to advance further. Um, but also the the match yesterday um, that they played uh, as well. So in closing, just please remember y'all that the light is out there and please acknowledge that it's there and let it become part of you. Also, unfortunately, it's happened to me very personally recently and also with many other people that the darkness is out there and we do need to acknowledge it, but do not let it let it hug you under any circumstance. But if it does, please get help for yourself, take care of yourself, take care of each other. And England is burning, is out for this morning, this afternoon, tonight, y'all. We will see you later.